When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Stats and Cone on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. He is Grant Cone. Grant, I don't like this losing stuff. I don't like it one bit. I love it. I think it's really interesting. I think five and one is way more interesting than six and zero. Oh. So thank you, 49ers. I feel like you lost this one on purpose. Almost like Kyle Shanahan was talking about before the game. It's going to be a grimy game. If you say thank you speaking that into existence and now we've had so much more to talk about i feel like niner fans are a little um depressed though like i don't think they want to yes. think about this game talk about this game they got to wait till monday night for the next game i think they're just like i need a little bye week a mini bye week to cleanse my palate you think shanahan went up to jake moody jake just just push this one a little right don't don't worry you'll do us a solid <laughs> yeah like i want to i want to really teach some hard lessons it is true though if he had made that kick we wouldn't be talking about the run defense. We wouldn't be talking about Purdy. We wouldn't be talking about any of the negatives. All we'd say is, man, the Niners didn't play their A game and they still found a way to win. They're the best team in the league. So if Kyle actually wanted to get some messages across and coach and maybe change some things about his team and get the best out of them, maybe this is what he needed because you, it, you pay attention much more after your losses in life than you do after your victories. 100%. Because on some level, they're still in the back of your mind. If you win, it's like, yeah, but we still want. But now it's the complete opposite. You do have the ability to drive those lessons home. And I think that Kyle will. Before we get into all of it, I want to remind everybody, please like and subscribe to both YouTube channels. The Gold Standard Network YouTube channel, Grant Cohn's YouTube channel. Hit the little bell so you know whenever we go live. I know on Gold Standard, we go live every single weekday. Grant, I feel like you're live on the air pretty much at least like 12 out of the 24 hours in any given p day period. Nah, just usually once a day, but today I got another one tonight. Niners after dark. There you go. That's, okay. you know, yeah. Trying to, you know, live. I want to get into what I think this week is about. I think it's a big reality check, not just for the 49ers, but for 49er fans, because I think that there is a huge group of 49er fans that think that acknowledging the flaws of players and of this team means admitting defeat, right? Acknowledging the flaws in Brock Purdy means, oh, the league was right about him. He was a seventh round pick for a reason. He's not any good. No, that's that's not it. But I think we saw a good example with Brock this weekend, Grant, of how the Niners still have a quarterback that is very affected by the circumstances around him. Those circumstances are different than what affected Jimmy Garoppolo, but I think it's clear, for example, first thing, Brock's not good in the rain. He's not. It's okay to acknowledge that. Some some quarterbacks are great in weather. Brock is not. Why not wear a glove? I thought of that. Yeah, like Kenny Pickett does it. There's no shame in it. Or is there shame in it? Maybe I think that's probably why you don't try a glove because there's like some shame in it. Yep. But whatever he was doing wasn't working. And maybe get over yourself. I feel like that's what I'm talking about with this team. It's a great team. 
but it's an arrogant team, extremely. It really lacks humility. And when they do lose, you wonder like, did you take a lesson from this and change it and, and get better? Or did you sort of um, minimize it, uh, justify it? Uh, like when they lost in the NFC Championship game to the Eagles, they never really owned it. They're like, oh, we would have won. We would have won. Like, it, 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 was, it was one of those games like, okay, maybe. But you saying that doesn't necessarily humble you, make you better so that you can win the next time. And I feel like they came, they came into Cleveland like the most arrogant I've seen them in a long time because they beat Dallas. It's like, cool. Dallas isn't good. You beat <laughs> Dallas, you destroyed them, and then you like waltz in to Cleveland wearing your home reds and start a fight before the game and it's like kind of play like crap. Ah, that's the team that I that I bet against in the playoffs. You gotta you gotta overcome that arrogance because when you do, then you'll win the Super Bowl. Vish pissed off brother Bob says win now and we rely on a high draft rookie kicker. I roll. You could, you could make the argument that that was an arrogant choice by the 49ers. I do want to talk about the kicker, but I want to get to it later because I, I, this overarching point about accepting flaws. What's, what's the big thing right now, right? CJ Gardner, Johnson, just laying in on Debo Samuel on social media, calling him a running back, calling him. He can't run routes. Guess what, 49er fans? C.J. Gardner-Johnson is right. He's right. Debo does not run routes well. He just doesn't do it. He get, he needs to make his hay by getting open, getting the ball in space, and running. I actually looked this up before the show. I was amazed. Debo Samuel has 13 career receiving touchdowns in his five-year career so far. Wow. How many of those do you think came inside the red zone? Ooh, not many. Five. Oh, my goodness. Five, the other ones were from way out. Yeah. 62% of Debo's receiving touchdowns, just receiving touchdowns, have come outside the red zone. Why? Because in the red zone, you, you don't He's have running back. the space. You need to run routes to get open. It's really hard. Yeah. He can't do it. He no, can't. He's a running back in the red zone. At the 16-yard line, you put him at running back. But now they have Christian McCaffrey, so he doesn't even do that. Brandon Ayuk has 20 receiving touchdowns in his career. Yeah. How many of Ayuk's receiver. receiving touchdowns have come in the red zone? Uh, 17, 15, 18, 18, yeah, 18. Because he can run routes, he can get yeah. open again. That doesn't yeah. mean Debo stinks, it just means he's a running back. There's flaws there, yes, exactly. And the back. Niners have to accept that. And the other flaw I think that the Niners have to accept is that this defensive line that they paid all this money for is not as good as they thought it was going to be. They are not getting sacks, they're just not. And pressures are great, and pressures can help. But they are, were paid and brought together to get sacks, and it is not happening right now. Well, Randy Gregory was a nice addition. Let's see what he did. He had like 30% of the snaps. He had a sack and three quarterback hits. Let's see what he does with 70% of the snaps. Now, the, the, I think the issue right now is the run defense. They are, like, it's hard to sack the quarterback when you're not stopping the run and you're giving up 160 yards on the ground. So I don't know. Randy Gregory may not be good against the run. Uh, maybe Steve Wilkes needs to be a little more aggressive and put like an eighth defender in the box. He's been real. He's a DB coach and he's trying not to give up big plays and he's succeeding. But in the process, he gave up 160 yards on the ground to Cleveland when you should probably be shutting that down and making PJ Walker beat you. So I, maybe this comes back to Steve Wilkes and Kyle Shanahan getting on the same page about what they want to do schematically. It's not that nuanced. It's like, how many defenders do you want in the box? Figure that out. I, 
it's so weird with this defense. It's so frustrating because they are giving up a lot of yards on the ground. And, but at the same time, they aren't giving up a lot of points. The most points anybody has scored on this defense all year is 23 by the Rams. And Sean McVay got an extra three in the last play of the game and a meaningless, stupid field goal. So yeah. it is weird because I've been frustrated at times this season by the defense also. But points wise, they have not really given up a ton. No, no, they haven't. Um, they haven't faced a great offense yet, though. I think that that's what was so shocking about last week is, yeah, you gave, you gave up 19 to Cleveland. But it's like, I thought you were going to give up three. <laughs> you, you know, like, what is PJ Walker and Kareem Hunt, man, and Amari Cooper? You sh- I think you could have done better. I know 19 is good enough, but I think you could have done better. It's like you have a great defense and you're not facing a great offense. Like the Browns were facing a supposedly great offense and they held them to 17 points. Corey Matthews, Corey Matthews, man. I want to know what life has been like for you going through, going through it with that name, Mr. Matthews. But anyway, he says, I saw a report that an unnamed wide receiver, probably Ray Ray McLeod admitted that he wasn't as sharp on the game plan and needs to be better. Hope the team learns from this. Well, it could have been Ray Ray McLeod because he made a couple of dumb plays he let a punt go over his head that pinned the 49ers deep. He crashed into Trent Williams on a screen that was set up so beautifully, Grant, at the time. Still could have worked if Brock didn't short hop the throw. I'll point that out. But Ray Ray was frustrating, but I thought the whole team just, they weren't themselves. They were not on the ball on Sunday. What do they have, 13 penalties, 12 penalties in the game? So nobody was was sharp on the game plan. No. Uh, and it's like, that's just, I, I, I'm surprised that Ray Ray wouldn't be locked in. I, I, did he, he's a pro. I mean, what's going on with the preparation on this team with the, the coaches and stuff? Like, I, I don't know. I'm surprised. I, I, you would think Kyle would have his backups ready. Well, Kyle admitted it after the game that he didn't. He said, we had to put some new guys in some new spots and we weren't prepared for that. And that's on me. So clearly they weren't it's on him. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's on him then. Vish says, PP said Purdy needs a gadget running back, a.k.a. CMC. Who's PP? Uh, that's Larry Kruger. I'm not going to tell you why. doesn't matter. But it's, he's talking about Larry Kruger. Okay. Needs a gadget running back, a.k.a. CMC. Um, I See, think... It's not a gadget. I think what CMC does, though, he's such a good receiver that most team, all teams, feel they don't have a linebacker who can match up with him man-to-man. Mm-hmm. So what they end up doing is playing a lot of zone, and Purdy carves up zone because he's a very good quarterback. You know, the whole thing with zone is like, let's just let the offense make the mistake. Don't give up the big play. Let the offense make the mistake. Rally, make the tackle. Like they'll punt eventually. Purdy's not that kind of quarterback. If you ask him to execute and throw short passes, he'll do it. So you kind of do have to play man to man, as we saw this last week, to make Purdy's life difficult. And a lot of teams just don't have the stomach to even try with McCaffrey on the field. I think that's part of what it is. But some teams do. McCaffrey's hurt. We'll see what happens. And we've never really seen Purdy without McCaffrey. I'm curious because if he does have to face more man-to-man coverage, what's it going to look like? Like, wh- why do you think Seattle drafted uh, Devin Witherspoon instead of Jalen Carter this year? Because Seattle, I mean, Pete Carroll's smart. He knows that he has to play man-to-man coverage against the Niners to have a chance. He figured that out. So we'll see if he can do it. If you can play good man coverage, that is good against anybody. Like, if yeah. you just have flat-out guys that can cover, like, you're gonna Ideal. you're going to be successful and you couple right. that pass rush that Cleveland has because if you think about it like against zone if you're Brock Purdy and you get all that motion uh, shifts before the snap you can probably figure out where the ball should go yep you can look at it and be like okay it's cover four so I know he's going to be open and you can get the ball get it out and that's what he does he's so quick and confident but against man you can say okay okay it's man 
but you don't know which one of your guys is going to win his matchup. So you can look around and be like, all right, I like that matchup. Doesn't mean he's going to get open. I like Ayuk versus this guy. Okay. And he went to Ayuk over and over and over against man coverage. And it wasn't necessarily because I mean, he, he was open, but by a little bit. And you have and to that- really put it on and in the right spot. And, and like Purdy wasn't doing it. You know, these aren't these huge windows, tight windows, man. Like, and he, I mean, he's throwing behind him. He was throwing high. That's what it was. We've, we've reached a point in a season now where I feel like we have some meaningful data on this team and these players. And the thing that I feel like I can safely say about Brock is he's accurate, but he's not precise. And what I mean by that is yeah. accuracy is here's a target. Can you hit it? And on any one yes. throw, he can. He can that throw that he had to Debo on third and 15 against the Cowboys over the middle. Beautiful picture. Perfect throw. Brock's problem is he can't do that every time. He can't do it consistently. He can't do it seven out of 10 times. I don't think he can. I think that is the one of the limitations of Brock Purdy, whereas Jimmy Garoppolo might not be able to fit the ball into the tightest of windows, but more often than not, Jimmy Garoppolo is more precise than Brock Purdy. I think they're sort of opposites in that way because there were a couple passes to Ayuk where a little behind him, like you were saying, just a, just a little bit off and against tight man coverage, that makes all the difference. Uh, Josue Torres says, Grant, what's your prize picks referral code? Cone, C-O-H-N, my last name. Thanks for asking. There you go. Joseph Stockbridge says the Browns defensive coordinator, Jim Schwartz, was said to have full confidence in the matchups against us. We need the same from our leader, starting with the game plan. Are, when you say leader, Joseph, are you talking about uh, Kyle Steve Wilkes or Kyle? Kyle, I would think. It wasn't way, weird I, that yeah. Kyle told Aaron Andrews, like, we want the rain. We want the, like, what? Why? Don't, rain is an equalizer. When you're the more talented team, you don't want any weather. You should want beautiful blue skies before the game started right i'm watching on television like everyone else and yeah it was aaron Andrews like kyle told me today that he expects a grimy game and he told his players don't worry about your stats it's like whoa 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 so you're like basically lowering the bar and saying hey guys man we're gonna score 20 points tops today get ready for it like what why what are you talking about why would you even say that even if you feel it why would you say that it's a weird way to go counteract that with the browns right come out of the gate doing the 49ers boombox entrance. The Browns were did like, they? Hey. yes, they did. Oh, wow. They are not scared of the 49ers. We're going to not oh, come wow. out and act like we're not going to score any points. We're going to come out and act like they're in trouble because they're playing us. You know, it's like that line Gee. from Watchmen. You're not locked in here. or I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. And maybe the Niners just went to the game with the wrong mentality. That's the thing about being a bully like the Niners. Niners are arrogant bullies. If you think about it, that's kind of their personality as a team. And that's cool. But the thing about being a bully is eventually you come across a bigger bully than you. And I think the Browns were the bullies that day. The Niners weren't quite serious about it. The Browns smacked them in the face. They got bullied. You got to have something more than that. Because your bully ball features a 200-pound scat back and a, a wide back who gets hurt a lot. And a quarterback who's very inexperienced and small, like, are you the biggest bullies on the block, really? Or were you just beating up on freaking Dallas and Arizona and the Giants? Like, I don't know. They got to look in the mirror. No, I think they are the biggest bullies on the block. I think they lost some of their bullies, and that affected them. Uh, But, yeah, yeah, I do think that they are the biggest bullies on the block. I think that's been proven 
over a period of years. Now on that Sunday, if you don't go into the game seriously and you don't go into the game with the right mindset, yeah, you can get smacked in the mouth. And that's clearly what happened. What happened. The, yeah. I mean, it was the line of scrimmage was insane. Uh, straight truck and points out number 94 on the Browns. I believe that was Dalvin Tomlinson was in the backfield all day, all day. It was so frustrating. It was like the 49ers were playing on all Madden when they should have been but playing again, on like, rookie. This is a function of playing man-to-man coverage. And like, if you play zone all day and play off, then the ball can come out quick and people will say, man, the offensive line was great today. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, sure it was. No, against man, Brock Purdy has to stand in the pocket and hold and hitch and, and f- figure out who's open. The ball has to stay. Like you, man, The whole idea of man-to-man coverage is to get the quarterback to hold the ball longer. Make him hitch, make him hesitate, because if you do, that's a sack. There was a play that I tweeted out the stills of yesterday. It was a running play to Christian McCaffrey. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the pictures. On the left is just how the play starts. And if you notice, they're at like the 35-yard line, give or take, at the line of scrimmage. And on the right is what happens during the play. And you see the offensive line, particularly Aaron Banks, is shoved all the way back to the 40-yard line on a running Whoa. play, yeah. and it, he literally bumps into Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey has to string it outside. The Niners don't gain that many yards. That was the kind of domination that we were seeing on the offensive line by the Cleveland Browns. It was unbelievable. I mean, that's what the wide nine's all about. That's why it's perfect to shut down the zone blocking scheme. It's why the it's why Kyle Shanahan has it himself. Because the, the best way, to, the zone blocking scheme is trying to get defenses to run laterally. It's like getting everyone to go one direction. It's like, nah, we're not going to run laterally. We're going to get in the backfield. We are going to blow this play up in the backfield. And it, that's the best way to stop outside zone, inside zone. And the best way to counteract that is if you remember what Jim Harbaugh did going into Detroit 10-something years ago against Jim Schwartz, hmm. like old-school trap plays. Bring them in. Do you want to get in the backfield? Boom. Come on in and then get smacked from the side with some – trap blocks and stuff like that. But that's not really what the Niners do. And that's why Jim Schwartz is 9-1 against Kyle Shanahan. 9-1. and one. And by the way, not nine like, one. oh, we won a 47-45 shootout. Like, no, usually he holds Kyle's offenses under 20 points, which is what happened on Sunday. Joshua Wyatt says, George Kittle was humbled on Sunday. They needed a safety blanket with McCaffrey out and the Browns sending pressure. Watch the tape. He wasn't open. He lacks the short distance burst slash suddenness he once had. I will say this, Kyle has to find a way to get Kittle the ball. And I know he can. He, he Pierre Garçon led the league in yards under Kyle Shanahan. I've seen him get the ball to go. Richie James had like a 180-yard sure. game with Kyle. He knows how to do it. The, he can manufacture. He can get yes. him open. But to Josh Wyatt's point, he's not getting himself open the way he used to. So on third and seven, I felt like four years ago, three years ago, when they were in the Super Bowl, Kittle was the go-to guy in that situation and everything played off of him. Now it's like he might run the little out route to the left. Other than that, like what is the route he's going to run that's that he's going to win on? That's not like play action, you know, like, ah, uh, I don't know, man. I think he's kind of right. He's not the player he used to be. He's still good though. He was dominant a few years ago. I think that's fair. And I, I also think honestly, like George has got a lot going on, a lot going on off the field. He's become a big that's star. True. I'm not saying he's not putting in the work. I'm just saying there's a difference. Like we always talk about with Ayuk in the contract year, right? There's that hunger there. There is that burning desire that is hard to replicate unless your circumstances around you are right. Kittle's been paid. He's an older guy. He's been in the league for a few years. I'm just saying, does he have that same fire? I don't know. I'm not saying he doesn't. I'm saying I don't know. 
Well, I, I feel like it, there's a bit of a phenomenon that he steps up in big games. And I feel like maybe at this point in his career, at his age, all the thing he had, how he's a kind of a crossover star. He's waiting to be a, a WWE uh, wrestler. Maybe he just can't get up for the 10 a.m. game in Cleveland. Maybe he's like, yeah, okay. Like, you know, Thursday night football, Sunday night football, Monday night football in my, in Minnesota with everyone watching. That's his Monday night raw. Like he gets to, he'll have a shirt on. He'll make it about him because it's a big event. But if it's just the Browns on CBS or, or Fox, maybe he just can't get up for it like other people can or like he used to. Is that possibly human nature? It's possible. Or maybe he's just not getting open. I don't know. <laughs> I do want to point out that he did have a ton of good blocks in the game and did a good job blocking. He did. I, his blocking is great. But we need more than that. You're not an offensive lineman. You're a tight end. So Kyle's got to find a way to get him the ball. George has got to find a way to get open, especially with those guys hurt. With, the, with McCaffrey and Debo not in the game, Ayuk and Kittle should be enough. And, and a good running game. Like, it's not like the running game is not good. Elijah Mitchell's fine. Jordan Mason's fine. It should have been whoa, enough. Whoa, 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 whoa. Jordan Mason, I'm his biggest fan, so I'm not going to let you say he's fine, okay? He's averaging 5.9 yards per carry for his career. Career. Right? Yes. But like, he, give him a chance. His problems are not running the ball. It's everything else a running back has to do where he they don't have faith in him. Blocking, like, running routes. Blocking, lining up in the right spot. Kyle called him out publicly by saying he lined up in the wrong spot on one of the plays. They with, find a way to work with them, man. He's giving you almost six yards of carry. Man, can't you? F- Obviously, it's not ideal to start him, but you got Christian right. McCaffrey hurt because he used him too much. We all told you not to do that, so now you got to do this. You can find McCaffrey will be back soon. Hopefully, and we can get to that too. Joseph Stockbridge says, I was coming from LAX during the game. I didn't see that boombox thing. That's quiet confidence, ironically. Well, it's not that quiet when you come out there. <laughs> it's not actually quiet, but it does show confidence. Uh, ironically, leaders as in Kyle and Wilkes. Yeah, okay, so that goes back to his earlier comment. Um, so I would like to see Kittle more involved. Um, would you, first of all, what do you think is going to happen Monday? Do you think McCaffrey and Trent and Debo and everybody into the pool, or how do you think the Niners will handle it? I don't think, ah, uh, man. That was a long pause. Think, I just don't think they should play. But I felt like, you know, Greenlaw shouldn't play last week because it's just the Browns, and you can win without Greenlaw, and they didn't win without Greenlaw, and they couldn't stop the run. Man, if they don't have Trent Williams against the Vikings, Daniil Hunter could go crazy. He's a really good player. I just don't. I mean, they don't have Justin Jefferson. It's Kirk Cousins. Like They can't run the ball at all. Do you really need Christian McCaffrey at 90% to win this game? I don't think it's smart. Even if he can't re- like further injure himself, Trent Williams is so important to you. Can't you, If he's 80%, can't you give him a week off and find a way to beat the Vikings? And, and, and Debo, like, I don't know if he's fine. Fine. I don't, if it's just a shoulder injury, if he's okay, fine. But I just feel like this is a good week to be cautious. I don't think you're going to lose to the Vikings. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think you're going to lose to the Vikings, especially on artificial turf. That has to be a factor too, right? Like if, if there was ever a week where you're going to be cautious, you should be able to beat the Vikings with the other people that you have. You should. I, I, and to me, I look at it like, look, you've got two games before the bye week. If you split the two games, you're fine. You are absolutely fine. If you were six and two going into the week nine bye, you're good. I, I think the Niners would have taken that before the season started. And especially with one of the wins coming over the Cowboys. So you're not even, you know, you have that tiebreaker if you need it later in the season. I would be totally fine if the Niners go into the bye six and two. And if that means you lose one of the games because you rest these guys, 
I can live with it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the right thing to do. Also, I don't, I'm not scientist, but don't they say like, if you're injured and you fly across the country, that it sort of increases your inflammation and it sort of slows the recovery process. I mean, it just seems like it's another cross country flight. You just did that in Cleveland. It's, it's the Vikings. Like, why don't you let Debo and Trent Williams and Christian McCaffrey stay home, save a trip, get a hundred percent healthy for the stretch run. Like that's what it's all about. Not now. This is a good time to learn how to win without some players. You don't net. I mean, if it were, if it were January, yeah, they'd all be out there at, at whatever percentage they're at, but it's not. Right. And it's the Vikings. It's, you're not playing a, a playoff team this week. You're t- playing a team that's on the verge of selling all their assets at the trade deadline. That's <laughs> what you're doing. And also, like we all know, if Kyle plays McCaffrey, he's not playing him 10 snaps. He's going to give him the full Christian McCaffrey workload because that's what Kyle does when he's in there. So I feel like you can't even do that. You can't even like play him, but not really play him because Kyle doesn't do that. If McCaffrey plays, he's getting the ball again and again and again. And I've seen some like uh, Mayoko reported. Oh, it's a pain tolerance issue. Like every injury, first of all, is a pain tolerance issue. Unless your arm or your leg or your ankle falls off, it's all pain tolerance. But I just, you can't tell me that, oh, McCaffrey can't make it any worse by playing. Of course you can. It, it's Have obviously you ever cracked a rib? Have you ever, I don't know if he cracked a rib. Have you ever cracked a rib? I have not cracked a rib, no, but I've had like rib injuries and everything hurts it's when you have a rib so injury. so painful. So painful. Have you cracked a rib? Anything. Getting in and out of a car. Yeah, I mean, a few years ago, I was playing indoor soccer and a guy kind of shoulder checked me and got like right under right under here. It still hurts. Yeah. <laughs> that just still hurts. Like, ugh. Yeah, no, I mean, come on. Coughing, eating, moving, getting in and out of bed, getting out of your car, like, oh, for weeks. I heard an interview with Brent Jones and he said he had cracked ribs and the thing that terrified him was sneezing. He said oh, yeah. he felt the sneeze coming on and he got terrified because he knew how much it was going to hurt because you have that yeah. kind of involuntary yeah. clenching of everything. And yeah, that's sneezing, gotta... laughing. Oof. Yeah, laughing. God forbid. Corey Matthews is back. Does any other contending team have the players to play man and rush with four? Seems like the only way to really shut down the Niners offense. That's a good point, too. It could Seattle. Be... Yeah, but you got to have three good corners. They have them. I don't know how good their pass rush is. They um, played, but they have three good corners last year, though, and they whooped them. Right, but then that's why Seattle drafted Devin Witherspoon with their pick instead of Jalen Carter. Like they're trying to match up with the Niners' weapons. I don't know if they can, but I mean, I think that would be the next one that I could think of that the, it's on the Niners' schedule. Um, that team. So we'll see. I don't really I, expect Seattle to beat the Niners. I don't either, but I think it's a fair assessment. Like if you can rush the passer really well and quickly like the Browns and you can play as good of man coverage as the Browns play, first of all, I think you're going to give any team problems. Second of all, yeah, clearly that's a way to affect this 49ers offense. Browns ain't on the schedule the rest of the year. And I don't think they're going to be in the uh, playoffs or the Super Bowl. So maybe not a thing the 49ers have to worry about going forward. I think playing zone all the time, again, is kind of like a, a slap in the face to the quarterback you're going against. You're basically saying you're going to mess up. We don't have to do anything that aggressive. We don't have to take anything away from you. We're just going to hang back, be conservative, not give up the big play, and you're going to mess it up. You're not that good. But Brock has proven like 14 times that he is that good on this team with this coach and these players. So you got to be a little more aggressive, give him a little more, little more respect, and try to take things away. You could lose that way too. But the, the just hanging back and, and trying to let Brock beat himself, he won't. He won't. <laughs> Okay, let's 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 give him some respect. He's better than that. 
He's not Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo would beat himself. That would work against Jimmy Garoppolo, not against Brock. You got to beat Brock. And freaking Cleveland did it. I feel like there is sort of a feeling out process that goes on around the league too. Usually when a young quarterback gets in, what's the first thing defensive coordinators Blitz do? Him. Blitz, Blitz him. Like that doesn't work against Brock. Right. We saw against Brock. Miami, when he came in, they tried to blitz him like crazy. He, He's too he smart. Fine. He and knows where his hot routes are. Yes. The Giants tried it this year, blitzing like 85% doesn't of work. the time. Doesn't he work. handled it. So then, okay. Because again, why do you do that? Because you're saying, oh, you're, you're a rookie. You're an idiot. You don't know what to do. Right. You just got drafted for your physical tools, but you really don't know how to play the position. Well, that's not Brock Purdy. <laughs> that's, then, that ain't Brock Purdy. The next thing they do is they're like, all right, let's just do zone. We, we're not going to blitz him, so we're going to make him yeah. diagnose the coverage. Make him execute. Zone. Yeah. Make him execute like a vet. Well, that's Brock Purdy. He does and, it very well. Yeah, he yeah. did that. So now we're on to the next thing, which is straight up man-to-man coverage, and let's see if your physical throwing yeah. ability is yeah. good enough to beat us consistently again and again and again down the field. And it's the best option. It doesn't mean you're going to win because the Niners, you may not have guys who can match up with McCaffrey and Ayuk man-to-man. You, you might not. You probably don't. But you got to try. You got to freaking try. Otherwise, you're going to give up 30 for sure. And so we'll see what is Kyle's or Brock's counter to that. We'll have to find out. And, and are there enough teams around the league that can play man as well as you necessarily will need to? We'll find out. I, mean, like, you- I feel like so many teams around the league are trying to do the Vic Fangio, like two deep shell quarters, you know, zone. Like, yeah, because quarterback play around the league is terrible <laughs> so often. That, that works a lot of the time. Like that would, I mean, that's what Steve Wilkes was trying to do against PJ Walker and it worked. It just gave up all those run yards um, against Brock. People just have to figure out that he's better than you think he's be- like He really is the 23 year old, 40 year old. He knows what to do. He can read your defense. He knows where to go with the ball. He's got, he's got great players around him and you've got to give him more respect and try to take things away. Daniel, once you play good man coverage against him. All of a sudden he looks all of his physical Things, limitations. Up. You could say limitations. It. limitations. Limitations. I said it. Daniel says uh, Brock Purdy struggled with Cleveland just like Trey Lance did, or is Trevor Lawrence? I don't know who is he. Oh yeah, everyone struggles against Cleveland. Like if, if you had just looked at the t- like the quarterbacks who faced Cleveland this oh, year, yeah. Josh. I mean, yeah. They Burrow. They're Burrow. They, they've barely given up over a thousand yards on the season. They're really good. Yeah. Uh, I Scott says, fellas, any thoughts on the Miko Hardman trade rumors? I actually haven't seen Miko Hardman trade rumors. I know that Hardman just wants to play. He's talked about just wanting to get reps. If you're the Niners, like you shouldn't be trading for offense unless it's a lineman. Like you don't need another wide receiver. That's not what's holding this team back, or that's not why this team has struggled. It, no, <laughs> like if you're gonna trade for anybody, please don't let it be a wide receiver. Yo, I just got an emergency alert on my phone saying earthquake detected, drop, cover, hold on, protect yourself. My God. What? Are you all right? Is it, is the earthquake an earthquake? Can they predict earthquakes? What the hell is going on? I don't know, but that's terrifying. Do you need to go? Terrifying. I don't think so. (laughs) I guess you'll find out. Emergency alert, earthquake detected, drop, cover, hold on, protect yourself, USGS shake alert. Protect yourself from what? How are you going to protect yourself? If it's an earthquake, stuff's going to, giant stuff's going to fall on top of you. Dude, if stuff starts shaking, I'm out. I'm out, okay? I, if stuff, yeah, if I start crazy. running away, it's because stuff starts shaking. That's terrifying. I don't, I thank God I live in boring old Connecticut. Did anyone else get that? Uh, what is that? What? Yeah, people in the chat. Earthquake. 
Brian Culp says earthquake. I just got that warning too. Uh, Edgardo had a comment there. Magical obsession says same here. A lot of people got the earthquake. This is crazy, man. Be careful. Turn off the stream if you need to. I will duck and cover if I have to, just to be a good role model, but it's not shaking right now. So I'm going to, I'm just going to do nothing. Stand under doorways. I remember that. My mom said she held me under the doorway in 1989 during the Loma period. I was one. You don't know about that. That's when the uh, Bay Bridge collapsed. Right. Yup. Yup. Dude, that is crazy. Well, I I hope everybody's okay. Be safe out there, please. Yeah. Okay. It's a little weird to... to We're okay. I think we're okay. I'll talk. I think we're okay. uh, If you need to take care of things, take care of things. So... Monday Night Football, it does suck that you mentioned it, that we have to wait like an extra day because we have that bad yeah. in our mouth. I forgot how much it sucks to lose. I forgot what that feeling is like watching the game. I kept thinking they were going to come back, especially yeah. when Lenore gets that pick. I'm like, okay. Yeah, let's talk about why that, that feeling. Because like ever since the Niners got McCaffrey, they've had this whole like we're unbeatable thing going on, right? They've never lost a game. It's like, and, and the one loss against the Eagles, they totally explained away. We didn't really lose that game. We were going to beat the, the Eagles, but you know, stuff happened. It's football. All right, well, you just lost to the Browns, man. You can't say anything. They, they, they beat up Christian McCaffrey. They beat up Debo Samuel. They made Brock Purdy look worse than any team has ever made him look. And, yeah, you would have won if Jake Moody had made a kick, but, like, you lost to P.J. Walker. And I think that's, like, really tough. That's a tough, sobering reality check for the people that thought, this team was going to go undefeated and that Brock Purdy was the next Joe Montana. A lot of people felt that way. I want, I do think you're right about like swallow the loss, like accept it. Cause there has been a bunch of that with the 49ers. Like, yeah, we lost, but yeah, but well, we didn't really lose. We didn't totally lose. Like, no, right. You got beat against Cleveland. You got beat. You got beat physically. You were defeated. Yeah. You could have won at the end, but you didn't. Okay. You don't get a lot yeah, of... you should have beaten Cleveland. You're better than them. But you didn't. Right. You, you lost to an inferior team. You don't get a... There's no Super Bowl trophies, right? Like oh, the well, you were missing Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, they were missing Deshaun Watson and Nick Chubb. Sorry, I got worked up. <laughs> no, it's true. I do think there needs to be a little bit of that. And sometimes I think that attitude does come from Kyle a little bit. Like, we were the best team, even though we didn't win. Yeah, but, yeah, but. Like, no, you lost you teams win for a reason teams lose for a reason and the 49ers and hopefully they will hopefully this week is the reality check and hopefully they say you know what it was on us we didn't handle our business we have to handle our business going forward otherwise we're going to lose again i thought it was so telling when they came in and and started to fight it's like you guys are not focused you guys are not focused, man. You're not emotionally prepared for this, and you're trying to sort of fake it right before the game. Like, hey, this is no, this is business, and you're not acting professionally. And you did act professionally when you smoked Dallas, at least until George Kittle showed his shirt. But like, you were super dialed in and emotionally prepared and electric. This game, it felt like you were flat, and you knew it, and you tried to get a little emotion before the game in the wrong way, and you just committed twelve penalties and missed kicks, and this had. Just beat yourself all game. And I, that's another thing they say, too, is like, well, it wasn't about them. It was about us. Like, we beat. It's like, just acknowledge that another team outplayed you for a day. You can. It's they okay. Did. Just say yeah. it. You, like you guys did enough. not play well. You guys did not play well enough to win. And the Cleveland Browns, frankly, did. They when you, that. 
when the Niners play their best, I've said, I don't think anybody in the league can beat them. If the Niners are playing their absolute best, considering all the talent they have on both sides of the ball, I don't think anybody can beat them. But they don't always bring that same level. They don't. And look, it's hard. I get it. It's hard when you've won 15 straight regular season games. You know, these guys are human beings. Apathy does set in. And so, like I said, hopefully this loss is the reality check. Reset that clock, that timer, that mechanism, whatever it is, and come out and smash the Vikings on Monday in prime time. There's no reason why you can't whoop the hell out of this team, especially with no Justin Jefferson. Yeah, man, what are they going to do? They can't run the ball at all since losing Dalvin Cook. Uh, their starting running back is Cam Akers or Alex Madison. Cool. Uh, they have no Justin Jefferson. Their offense goes through TJ Hawkinson. Cool. Yeah, no, like there's no way. The only way the Niners lose this game is if they beat themselves. Just take it seriously and don't do that. I mean, I mean, the Vikings could play man-to-man coverage if they want to. They could try to replicate everything the Browns did. They don't have the talent that the Browns had. And I think the Niners, they should be able to win this comfortably even without McCaffrey. I mean, but we've never seen Purdy really play a full game without McCaffrey. I'd love to see it. What does it look like? I'd love to know. And we're going to, I, I, it sounds weird to oh. say. I hope we're going to see that on Monday. It's very, right. very weird. Let's get to the other big discussion this week, obviously coming out of the game. And that, of course, is Jake Moody and the kicker and the kicking situation. Jake Moody had his worst game as a professional on Sunday. He missed from 54. He missed from 41 to end the game. And the torches and pitchforks were out. People wanted Robbie Gold on speed dial. Apparently, people forgot that Robbie Gold made 84% of his kicks last year. That's fine. Uh, what are you going to do when Robbie Gold misses? That would be my question. And by the way, if Robbie Gold is so good, how come no other team in the league wanted Robbie Gold either? He's on his couch. He's available for a reason. I am not on board the Jake Moody missed a kick, so we have to cut Jake Moody train. Sure. Um, that's not a question, but I'll talk. Uh, <laughs> the thing about this, I don't know if Robbie Gold is the answer, but he's looming large over Jake Moody, and you can see it all over Jake Moody's face. It's one thing to replace Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. That's not a tall task. I think any quarterback thinks he could do it. Brock Purdy probably thinks it's the easiest thing in the world. Brock Purdy knows right now, probably knew it last year, I'm better than that guy. <laughs> and he is. Like, Jake Moody is not in that position. Jake Moody isn't can't know that he's better than Robbie Gold. Like, Robbie Gold is the ninth most accurate kicker of all time. Maybe he's washed, but you're replacing a potential Hall of Famer who was not a product of his scheme or supporting cast. Like he's on his own. It's just him kicking a ball. Now it's you kicking a ball and you might be better than him. You might have a stronger leg, whatever. But like, I think the enormity of the situation, the pressure to replace him on this team and be as good or better than him right now is messing with him, man. Messing with him mentally. I think he's got a mental, his, his issue is in his physical ability to kick a football. I think he's just got the weight of the world on his shoulders right now. And it's the Robbie Gold effect replacing him is hard for a kicker i think doesn't he look is it robbie gold his like his mentor is it, it doesn't he really look up to robbie gold i'm just saying they did have some communication i believe right either before he was drafted or right after he was drafted maybe he's Midwest gonna call robbie again and get some advice i don't know i agree with you hey, Robbie's gonna be like hey get it clear out your locker baby i'm coming back <laughs> the advice yeah the advice is to have your locker cleared out before i arrive um yeah the battle with all kickers is mental. I, I really think yeah. the kickers that fail, I don't think it's a physical issue. I don't think it's because they're they're just not able to do the job physically. It's because 
It's a mental thing. You got to you got to stuff that if you're Jake Moody. Forget it. Never happened. If he made the kick, you have to stuff it, right? Like you just have to shelve it and move on to the next one. And hopefully he can. The Niners went out of their way to tell us when he was drafted how mentally strong and mentally tough he is. Can I don't we know. go back and talk about that for a second? Can we go back and talk about for a second? And what did they say? They said that they put him under a really strenuous test. Yes. In their workout, right? They talked about all the weird stuff they, they did. Were like, they were off. like, hey, okay, the game's on the line right now. Like simulated pressure. Mm-hmm. You can't simulate pressure. They really told themselves that they could create those conditions in a workout and that he passed the test. No, no, no. This is the test. And they didn't, I don't think they fully understood the psychological burden they were putting on this 23-year-old. It's not just that we're the best team in the league and we need to win the Super Bowl because we've kind of missed our opportunity. We've missed some opportunities. It's not just that. It's that you have to replace Robbie Gold in the process. He's never missed a kick in the playoffs. So essentially at some point, you got to be perfect. And if we lose a game where you miss a kick, dude, Dude, I just don't think they understood how much dizzying pressure they they put on this kid. And I don't know that any 23-year-old kicker straight out of college can cope with that. Robbie Gold can. Robbie Gold, I mean, we saw it for the last seven years. Like he loves kicking a football. He isn't, he's immune to the pressure in ways we haven't seen from many kickers ever. Ever. Yeah. Like he's at his best in big moments, if we're if we're being honest. I mean, so, he's, uh, he was it's a tough replacement. He was not perfect for sure. I want to get to something that uh, Levin Black pointed out because I thought this was interesting. You talked about like you can't simulate the pressure of being in a game with the game on the line. The Niners may have done everything you could possibly do to try and test Jake Moody, but it's not the same as the actual test you face when you're in the games. Pulling this up, what do you notice about these are Jake Moody's stats in college as a field goal kicker? Let me bring your attention to at home. Jake Moody was 90% on field goals. Very good. On the road, in his college career, Jake Moody's percentage went all the way down to 67.9%. It's generally tougher to kick on the road than it is at home, right? Tougher environment, right? More More pressure. More pressure, more mental difficulty. I'm not saying Jake Moody can't overcome it. I'm just saying the closer than what the 49ers put him through is this is him actually performing in games on the road in college. And he was not a very good kicker on the road in college. He wasn't. How That's did you find fact. this? How did you find this? I don't know. Levin Black is, uh, you know. Levin. Hey, shout out Levin. That's amazing, man. On the kicker. I'd like, That's to me, because what we're talking about with Moody is his mental strength at this point, I think. I mean, you missed a 41-yarder on the, with a game on the line. I think we're talking about mental strength and confidence, and this speaks to it. So I don't know. I'm not a psychologist. I can't say. But we see his face on the sideline. We see his body language. We see his results. Ah, Maybe if he were on the Cardinals, he'd be free and easy, having a great time, kicking the hell out of the ball. But here, he looks like he'd rather be doing anything else. So I will be miserable. glued in on Monday. Every extra point I'm going to be, like I was, honestly, like I was all year, leaning forward. Like, look, I had just gotten to the point where I was like, all right, you know what? The preseason was a blip. Like, I don't have to freak out about extra points. Like, he's good. He, we, we've, mm-hmm. We're past that part. And then he misses a couple kicks Sunday in Cleveland in poor conditions, and now I'm like, now I'm a little nervous again. So we'll see how he responds on Monday night. It's going to be a big game for him. Josh Wyatt says, my friend is a Browns fan. He was convinced the Browns would blow that game, and honestly, they did. 
The pick was inexcusable. Poor clock management gave up the game-winning drive. The Browns didn't win. They self-destructed. Well, no, they did win. They won the game. But I will say, I thought that Kyle mismanaged the, there was a possession where the Niners had the ball back and a one-point lead, and there was about three minutes to go. And Kyle was asked about this. He didn't run the ball at all in that possession. And he tried to, to me, talk out of both sides of his mouth. He tried to say, well, we had an intentional grounding on the first play, so that put us behind the eight ball, but then also said, but I'm not worried about the clock there. And it was like, well, which is it? Did you not run because you were behind the eight ball, or did you not run because you were not worried about the clock? If the Browns hadn't passed inexplicably when they got into the red zone and kicked the go-ahead field goal, the Niners would have run out of time or had very, very little time to get down the field. So I actually think that the Niners kind of got bailed out by the Browns a little bit at the end. Well, I, to Joshua's point, I do feel like the Niners self-destructed in this game. In the beginning, I mean, the beginning of the self-destruction was the fight. You could tell. Like, oh, okay, here we go. You are not going to have your best effort today, huh? And it's just from beginning to end. From beginning to end, and the way, like, them ending with a second missed field goal in the day was perfectly fitting. I think it was, they deserved it, frankly. They did not deserve to win that game, and they should have won it. But they played like pigs, if you want to be honest. They played like <laughs> pigs. I'm sorry, I'm trying to be polite, but you know what I mean? Like, they just weren't prepared, uh, didn't take it seriously, disrespectful to the, to the Browns, um, and got smacked. So... I think they kind of deserve to lose the way they lost. And maybe they'll go 16 to one and win the Super Bowl and, and look back at this and be like, you know what? That one loss was on us. We were not serious. They were not serious about that game. Serious is the word I want to use. And we were serious the first five games. We were serious after that. I don't know what happened. We were feeling ourselves a little too much after the Dallas game. And uh, we needed to get humbled so that we could be the best version of ourselves the rest of the way. That's what should be the fallout of this game. But Kyle Shannon hasn't really had, or this team hasn't really had that humbling moment yet. They're very much like, I don't care, fleshing it, we're the best. Curious to see how they respond. Monday is going to be, I mean, if they, they may have been feeling themselves going into the Browns game, but Monday better be, I don't care if McCaffrey's out there or not. It better be all hands on deck. Let's show the world that we are the team you thought we were, the team we thought we were before the Browns game. And hopefully they will. Uh, King of Spades says, where has Kinlaw been? Kinlaw has been fine. Kinlaw was the guy that forced on Lenore's interception. Kinlaw is the guy pressuring the quarterback that caused the throw. So Kinlaw has been good. I mean, it feels like this year, Steve Wilkes is sort of trying to contain quarterbacks in the pocket and sort of asking his D lineman to have a controlled rush and don't sell out for the sacks and, and let the quarterback get out of the pocket. Everyone's been doing their job. Everyone's been disciplined with that. Uh, Kinlaw's been good at it. Kinlaw gets pressure, like Armstead. You know, they're they're good at it. Shout out to Kinlaw. They really try and constrict on you, basically. They 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 yeah. want to almost like create a net and then just shrink the net around you, so that, like you said, uh, you can't escape. Steve M says Robbie Gold is hurt, gone, done, washed. Get over it. I don't know if he's hurt, but. I I don't Zane think Robert, Gonzalez bring back Zane. I just okay. And, and kickers miss kicks. I know that's hard for people. Like Steph Sanchez said it on Tuesday. She was joking, but I think it's the perfect thing. She said, you know, if I were a kicker, I would just make all of my kicks. Like that's what 49er fans want. Like, what just get a kicker that never misses? It's like, well, they all miss. It just ha- so happens that Jake Moody missed the 41 yarder that would have won the game. 
Uh, Josh Wyatt says, from a Browns fan's perspective, they should have won by 14, blew the game like they always do, self-destructed, and got bailed out by a missed field goal. The Browns were playing with their third-string quarterback that was coming off the practice squad against a team that's way better than they are. I don't want to bang on the Browns too much, especially when they actually won the game. Yeah, man, P.J. Walker's awful. Like, <laughs> I, and that's what I keep saying. Like, okay, the, what, there's no way the Niners should have lost that game to P.J. Walker. They found a way to lose. And frankly, they deserved to lose because they played so poorly. Nick Bosa said it. We did not deserve to win this game. Nick I'm Bosa Nick. said it. I like his honesty after losses, man. Yep. Because he has a standard for himself that he holds to the whole team, and it's obvious. They were nowhere near. They were talking about the standard, right? Because after they beat Dallas, it was like, man, you really put it on. I'm like, well, you know, it's not really. It's just how we play. It's just, it's our standard. Man, where was it in Cleveland, dude? From the beginning to the end, where the hell was it? Bring it back. You have a standard. You've established it. You've been together five, six years. Come on. They miss Greenlaw, too. Greenlaw's yeah. intensity on defense. Greenlaw is the one that brings the violence. Fred Warner like flies around everywhere and he can cover anybody, but he's not violent the way Trey Greenlaw. Trey Greenlaw is a madman out there. And I felt like they did miss it a couple of times. I don't think they're running I still for think one. Of Fred Warner as a DB. He was a DB in college. He plays, he's great in, in coverage. He's a big DB who's a good tackler and, you know, 234, 230, 240 pounds. But Greenlaw's a linebacker. Greenlaw's an old school, hit you hard, hurts you linebacker. You know, he's the water boy, not Fred Warner. I would agree. Zach yeah. Rivero, I'm sure Moody will be fine the rest of the season, but it's the big games that worries me. He looks like the Dak of kickers. <laughs> Good in the regular season, cheeks in prime time, would hate for a Super Bowl loss to a kick. Okay, yeah, but like we don't know about Jake Moody. We don't know about That was the first time in an actual game that actually counts that Jake Moody had to perform and he did not come through, but we don't know that he's not going to, you can't say, well, he's not a clutch player. We don't know. You got to give him more than one opportunity before we decide these things. Yeah. But I, I just feel like Kyle's very impatient. And I think oh, there's two yeah. people on his, on his like naughty list right now that he has a much shorter leash on than people realize. And I think it's Moody. And I think it's Purdy. Like everyone thinks Kyle loves Purdy. And that Purdy's ironclad here for a long time. I don't think so. You heard what Shannon Sharp said about him a few days ago. I think that's how the Shanahan's feel. The Shanahan's didn't discover Brock Purdy. The scouting staff did. And I think they feel that Purdy's 100% a product of what they do, of what Kyle does. I think they probably feel that Purdy was as big of a reason for that loss on Sunday as anyone. And if he plays that poorly again next week, Kyle loves Sam Darnold. And if he feels like Brock Purdy's gotten figured out, coming back down to earth, he's not going to hesitate, man. He didn't draft Brock Purdy with the third pick in the draft. He's not that wedded to Brock Purdy. That's how I feel. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's how I feel. They bailed after the third pick in the draft after four starts. I'm just saying, man, Kyle, light speed. Light speed, he changes his mind with these quarterbacks. Never you forget. Think he went up to Brock Purdy after the game, put his arm around him and said, shake it off, kid. I <laughs> think he went to Brock Purdy after the game and said, look, man, if you play that poorly again and you're the reason we lose again, I'm going to go to Sam Darnold. So I'm just letting you know. I'm just letting you know. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Um, but I agree. I think he loves Sam Darnold. Loves him, loves him, loves him. Irrationally loves him. We know it. We he's, know it. He said it. That's his handpicked guy. Purdy is a guy that he's succeeding with for now that Steve Slowick discovered and Brian Greasy. But Kyle is the one who said, no, no, no. Sam Darnold is, could be the next Steve Young, and I'm the only one who sees it. Okay, all right. Well, Brock, don't do this again next week. 
It's interesting. It's kind of like Jimmy Joe Garoppolo, Lucien. right? Like yeah. Kirk, uh, Kyle wanted Kirk, and then Jimmy right. Garoppolo kind of fell into his lap. And it's just Correct. like Brock Purdy kind of fell into their lap. Last pick in the draft, yeah. they sort of had success. And I'm not saying Purdy's going to be... It's almost more of a John Lynch guy than a Kyle Sanahan guy, if you think about it. God help me. As frustrating as I was by Purdy, I don't ever want to see Sam Darnold anywhere near this team for any reason. You don't uh, trust Kyle? That's his guy. No. No. God, no. Kyle Shanahan, no. I don't trust Kyle when it no, comes to quarterbacks no. at all. not. At okay, that's fair all. enough. Right. Chris says, I blame Grant 100% for this loss. Grant came here last week singing praises, being positive, and then crashing down to earth. Ugh. Hashtag superstitious sarcasm. Good day, guys. Back to work. See ya. It's all your fault. I was, trying to, I was trying to be more positive last week. Now I'm just like relentlessly negative again. Sorry. Because <laughs> they lost. So you're back. Yeah, Welcome. I'm back. John Williams is taking a break from composing kick-ass music scores. Says, my buddy showed me the Lions schedule. So weak. They're a low-key threat to the Niners or Philly getting the number one seed. Thoughts? I do think with the Lions, it's time for me to start like legitimately looking at them. Because in the past, I've been like, whatever, they're the Lions. But like they've been good for a little while now. Now I kind of have to legitimately take a look at them. Their schedule is not very strong this year, to be fair. Although they might have the game of the week this week against Baltimore. So I'll be very interested to see what they do in that game. But they have good, they're good on the lines of scrimmage. Jared Goff has been playing good quarterback for them. Um, and that's pretty much all I know about the lines. I know their offense is very creative. Um, their offense ranks uh, third in yards scored, I mean, y- yards gained, and their defense ranks seventh in yards allowed. So yeah. they're pretty legit. Who they faced? They beat Kansas City. Um, they lost to Seattle. They beat Atlanta, Green Bay, Carolina, and Tampa Bay. So eh, they Not play Baltimore on the road next week. Let's see what they do against Baltimore on the road next week. Yes. Uh, Daza0187. Who was the interior lineman that Dalvin Tomlinson kept beating to get pressure? Take your pick. I think it was all of them. (laughs) He was living. He might as well been in the 49ers huddle. That's how much penetration he was getting. It was a whooping. It was a bad Aaron Banks game. Not just for that one play I showed. Just it was a bad game. He had a bad game. He had a bad game. It happens. Josh Wyatt says, my point is that the loss is worse because the Niners managed to put the Cleveland Browns, a team that was desperately trying to give away the game. Well, they all count the same, fortunately. It's only one loss, no matter how bad we think it was. Yeah, but it, you're always going to be able to say that this team lost to P.J. Walker, which hurts. Like, I know it's not just P.J. Walker, but it is in football. Like, you can say that. And it happened. And it's embarrassing. You're embarrassing. Off. It's humbling. Let's call it humbling. This is a team, again, that it convinced itself that it was invincible. Invincible. And you lost to PJ Walker. Like that is the humbling moment that you needed. And if you face this, you might not lose again this year. But if you don't, and you do the thing you did in the NFC Championship game when you said, eh, you know, we should have we should have won. We should have won. So let's not do anything differently. It's gonna get you again. It's gonna get you again. Your arrogance. And this is different than the NFC champ. Like you ran out of quarterbacks in the NFC. I get them saying. We didn't lose this game. It was weird circumstances. I kind of agree with them on that. But that's not what this is. You lost because you lost. And you should have to acknowledge that. And and yeah. this is sort of a fork in the road. And we'll see how it goes. It's the first time in the Brock Purdy era where they really have to acknowledge a loss. Drunken Ninja says, the ghost of Jose Cortez came back to haunt us. Damn, there's a freaking name Ooh. for my nightmares. A kicking name for my nightmares. Uh, Steve M says, this loss is on Grant for not traveling to Cleveland. Apparently, you are to blame for all of the 49ers struggles, Grant. I'm not going to Minnesota either, so let's see if they can win without me. I'm sorry. They get quality control staying home. Silverado Kev, what up? 
Kev, uh, he says, I'll say this again on the show tonight, but we truly miss Greenlaw's read and react skills and play recognition, especially in run support. Absolutely. Absolutely. Silverado Kev. I love Silverado Kev. He's right for me. Fred Warner said, like, whatever you think of me, think of Greenlaw. Like, he tried to tell everybody how important he is, and I think maybe I was underestimating how much they would miss him, being like, well, they still have Greenlaw and Bosa and blah, blah, blah. Like, no. Trey Greenlaw is really important to this defense in a lot of ways. I think he's the most underrated player on the team. Like, he should be a pro bowler, but he hasn't been one. And it's because no one, the Niners don't really promote him, and everyone thinks that Fred Warner's doing all the work when Greenlaw is kind of the one doing the dirty work on this team. Like, Fred Warner gets to do the glamorous stuff. He's dropping in the middle of the defense and coverage and be right in the middle of the action when the quarterback throws the ball over the middle. But Greenlaw's just running sideline to sideline, hurting people. No one cares. <laughs> well, I, I think like Greenlaw. Fred is making splash plays, right? Interception, yeah. sack, forcing fumbles. Greenlaw is the guy that flies across the field, gets to the ball carrier three, year, three yards after the line of scrimmage, and stops it from becoming a six-yard game which totally changes yeah. the next three downs like that's what yeah. Greenlaw does that has been so valuable when I was at the game against the Cowboys you could see because you know you're so high up so you basically have like the all 22 view for yeah. every single play Greenlaw was everywhere he was like a freaking phantom out there it was unbelievable I was so impressed after watching that game Brandon plays Aaron, fast. yes says, I'm concerned about the turf in Minnesota and our injuries. Trent has a bad ankle, and that turf has injured Kelsey and Jefferson this year. U.S. Bank turf is bad. I think great it has point. to be a, a great point. Again, and you got these players who are less than 100%. You really want to put Trent Williams out there on that turf. You really want to put Debo and McCaffrey out there on that turf. Be careful. You weren't careful with McCaffrey the first few weeks. Now you have another chance to be careful. Come on. And Kyle, you're a genius, dude. We all know that you're a genius. Like you don't need all, you don't need the full deck of cards to win this game, do you? You have Kittle and I, you can Jordan Mason. That's not enough. You have Ross, the boss, Twelly. <laughs> God, come on! Stop He's that. been on your team for like seven years, man. Like, what is he doing here? If you're never going to throw on the ball ever, I don't, come on, man. Ross Twelly, there's a name. He's not I here had. to block. Uh. Keenan says, I didn't get to watch this week's game. That's why we lost. Damn it. I mean, come on, people. You have to do your part for the team. All right. It's your fault. I, I tried, Grant. I was watching the game in my living room. It wasn't going good. I was like, you know what? I got to switch up the juju. I'm going downstairs. I'm going to go in my studio here. I put the game on in the studio immediately. Diamondor Lenore interception. Jordan Mason gets the ball. Touchdown. Niners have the lead. I'm like, okay, I've done it. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough. But if you always watch the game and the Niners always win, you've got to get yourself in front of a screen. I don't care. It doesn't have to be a TV, but you have to. Have to. I was watching on YouTube TV, which is like a a minute behind, and I have NFL Jesus up, which is like real time. Yeah. So I see what's happening, and I was like, he missed it? (laughs) What? It's one position the 49ers don't have an all-pro at. Uh, Jason says, imagine having Brandon Ayuk and Jordan Mason and George Kittle and JJ. Why am I blanking on JJ right now? Jawan Jennings, Juwan Jennings. And, and Ray 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 McLeod and saying you're short weapons. No excuses for the offense not being able to move. We have an embarrassment of talent. They do. Even with the guys injured, you have more talent on offense than a lot of teams have with all their starters. And Jimmy, yeah, you can kill our, our, our pro bowlers. And Jordan Mason is producing like Land. one, although he hasn't gotten. Yeah, seriously. Jimmy Kwan, keep up the good works, gents. I miss your Toy Story shirt stats. Okay, I wore a plaid shirt one time on a show and Levin 
that jerk said I look like Woody from Toy Story. And now everybody has chimed in. So now I can't wear a flannel shirt or a plaid shirt on any show ever again. Levin's jerk. That's the key takeaway is that Levin is a huge jerk. All right, yeah. that's going to do it for this edition of the show. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Grant, for hopping in. Like and subscribe to both YouTube channels, the Gold Standard YouTube channel and Grant Cohen's YouTube channel. Grant, you said you're going to be live later tonight, 49ers After Dark. Everybody tune yeah. in. If you click the little bell, then you'll get notified every time Grant goes live. You won't miss anything. and You don't want to miss anything because this team is always freaking interesting, man. It's a nonstop, nonstop content factory. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. We just got a couple comments over here at the buzzer. You guys oh. don't listen. We need to sign a tight end that can block and finally free up Kittle. They drafted. Yeah, that's like a comment from five years ago, man. I mean, yeah, that's true. They drafted Cam Latu. Man, he was terrible. Oh, my goodness. Cam Latu. Wow. Last one, 69ers. Sorry, Cam. What you did there. Are the 49ers 6-0 if gold is on the team? You're just trolling me now. You're okay. That's how we're ending the show. Boy, what a downer. Yes. They'll never lose again. All they need is Robbie Gold, even though he's on the team for like seven years before that, and they didn't win a Super Bowl. Anyway, enjoy the rest of your Wednesday, everybody. Grant, thank you very much. Sign Robbie. This has been a Gold Standard Podcast Network production, part of the Fans First Sports Network.